Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I'm Dan Lundy, creator of the show and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of coaches, kickers, punters, and snappers. Today's show is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. The NBA and college basketball are back, the NFL playoffs are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking for a place to bet on sports, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads and point totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager now than any place online. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 17 of the podcast welcomes Aiden Swanson, a current kicker and punter for the Clemson Tigers. Swanson, a Tampa, Florida native, made his name in high school as a left-footed punter out of the IMG Academy. He was ranked the third best punter in the nation by PrepStar and Rivals.com, the fourth best punter by 247 Sports, and the 16th best punter by ESPN.com. As a high school sophomore, Swanson was already named to the first team All-Tampa Bay team, All-Hillsborough County selection, and he was a second team 5A All-State honoree by the Associated Press. He also competed in track and field as a high jumper, where he was named a state championship finalist. After transferring to IMG in his final two high school seasons, Swanson was sought after by many college programs. He eventually committed to the Clemson Tigers on March of 2018, and he enrolled early in January of 2019. In his first year at Clemson as a redshirt, he was able to punt and kick off in three games for the Tigers, making his official debut versus Charlotte. Swanson recorded two touchbacks on two kickoffs and a punt. He also dropped a punt inside the 20 versus Florida State. Most importantly, he received ACC honor roll selection for his performance in the classroom. In his second year for the Tigers, he played in the Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and Pittsburgh games, punting, kicking off, and getting his first game reps with the field goal unit. What an impressive journey, Aiden. How are you doing today, bro? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Now, I really want to thank you for this time. I know you're just getting off the season, and we are catching you in between classes and workouts today, so your time's valuable. We're going to talk about how limited that time is uh, throughout the show I wanted to go ahead and have you just give the audience a little bit more about your background as a young athlete, maybe perhaps the other sports that led you to football and eventually punting. Absolutely. So growing up, I played football, soccer, baseball, and basketball. I started playing flag football when I was, I don't know what age you start that at, like four or five. Yeah. Um, Played soccer as well. I think basketball started at the YMCA. 
around that time too. So I was playing sports all year round. And then as I got older, I dropped baseball when I was 10. And then I stopped playing soccer when I was like seven or something like that. So it was really just football and basketball after I was 10 years old. And then once I got to my freshman year of high school at Jesuit, I stopped playing basketball and I just focused on football. And then I picked up track. I did track during middle school um, at Nativity Catholic in Valrico, where I'm from. So I did high jump there as well. So that kind of that's kind of what led me into doing high jump at Jesuit my first two years. So my first two years at Jesuit, Jesuit, it was just basketball freshman year and then football and track as well. And then football and track only my sophomore year. It's interesting because uh, I told you we, we met a few years back, just, you know, specialist community. You heard of me. I knew of you. Uh, and thankfully, we we work well together. We You know, we've established goals, short and long term goals for sure. And uh, we've got a lot on our plate because we're attacking three things. Like I mentioned, you're not just trying to be a punter. You know, you're trying to grow in all three. And that's that's hard for some people to imagine, but they are very different. What shocked me when I first met you was your lack of a soccer background, if you will. Um, I would say that eight to nine of 10 of my elite specialists have a very familiar background or extensive background, I should say. They've played for, for 10, 15 years. They played year round. They played six days a week. But you are an outlier. You're a, you're a long kid. You, you are a kid that probably was asked to go play basketball. You were tall. You were, you were rangy. Um, but I do think that helps with, with, with specialists so much because you're essentially a three iron being six, three, and I am essentially mm, five or a six iron being six feet. Uh, so if, if you can find a repeatability, which is what you and I chase at all times, I think it's, it's almost uh, an unfair advantage for you. And in, uh, in my opinion, uh, when I have to compete with someone like you, so I, I, do, I used to find it weird that you didn't have the soccer background, but what I learned in, in, in knowing you more and more was you played some sports that I have found that may be better than soccer. Uh, I know everyone assumes because we're kicking a football or punting a football that the foot to hand skill is going to be found only through soccer or, or, or more than likely should be. But what I'm finding is the activation of hips, the explosive nature and movements in a lot of these other sports that, uh, you know, are played in a confined area, uh, much more confined than soccer is where you're getting the fast twitch from. So I, I think your background, it used to it used to seem unique to me, but I, I'm almost it was almost eye opening to work with an athlete like you. Um, because now I'm trying to go find those kids that are ninth, 10th graders that are versatile, that are playing multiple sports. I think it's awesome. And uh, I don't think it needs to be limited to going, going and finding a punter or a kicker on a soccer field. So with that being said, um, you did establish yourself as one of the top high school punters in the country, but it seems like you have taken an equal amount of pride since leaving IMG uh, in your kickoff and field goal preparation in my opinion, at least in the offseason, when I see you, you seem to want to to divvy up the time with me in each phase. So can you explain your decision to to be this combo specialist, this rare combo specialist, instead of just focusing on one skill set? Yeah, so all throughout my life playing football, I've always done all three. And then it was to a point where I think it was my sophomore year and or no, it was, I think it was my eighth grade year. Um, I go to this camp with Co Coach Feely, uh, Tom Feely is running it. And like, 
my dad and I were thinking like, uh, you're, I'm probably going to be a kicker. I mean, punter, I don't like, I don't know. It just wasn't, you just think you want to be a kicker more than a punter, I guess if that makes sense. But I forgot the guy's name, but he, he was like, Hey, your son's like tall. He's going to grow. He's skinny. He should try like really pursue punting. And it kind of like opened our eyes. And uh, I'd say with my dad and I, like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, we're going to not listen to this guy. Like he knows what he's talking about. So we're going to pursue punting. And then we get, I get to IMG. I did all three uh, Jesuit. We get to IMG and Billy Miller. He's a, he was a special teams coordinator down there. He still is. He has been doing all three as well. My junior year. And then my senior year, I, I told him like, I just want to punt really. So my senior year, he had me just, I was kicking off like beginning of the year and I was holding for um, our kicker. And then I punted obviously, but like we get midway through the year and my kickoffs aren't like I was not doing good with those. So we have another kicker come in from the lower team. Who's he's, he was really good too at kicking off. So I was like, I put the team first in me. I was like, he, he can do a lot better than me. Like he needs to kick off and moving on to the end of the season. I was just punting and holding. And then I get to Clemson and really everyone's just like, Oh, you're just going to punt. And like, it was kind of like in my head, like I'm going to do whatever they want me to do. And then I get to, uh, I think it was spring last year. And we really have two kickers and I just start messing around and I'm like kicking, kicking field goals and then I think that was the time I was with you and we started working on field goals a lot more because I think the first few times I was with you we just punted mm-hmm. right yep correct yeah that's what really started me going back to working on all three I didn't know at all initially you know I, I knew you like you were perceived you were recruited as you initially went to Clemson as as a punter what they perceived you as it sounded like you made the right decision though by opening up these doors you're not competing for so much more and you're what you're doing also um, without really with, with intent, but it's going to help in the long run is these NFL teams most definitely have expectations of these punters now to kick off. Right. And they, and they definitely should be holding. And it's just, it's really neat when you have a guy like Ty Long, for example, um, you're starting to see these guys get in the league that uh, I'm just not sure what I'm better at, you know? So Although he's a punter, he was a starting kicker only at UAB, you know? So you just never know where your path is going to take you. I just think that the more you have to offer in anything in life, in any industry, in any capacity, the more the more is better as long as you're really good at it. Um, don't claim you're great in, in several things and you're really only good in one. But if you can claim versatility, you know, I think I think you're doing a good job right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd add on to that just for like these kids in middle school or like freshman or sophomores in high school, I'd say make yourself a lot more valuable by doing all three. I mean, it can't hurt you. And my guess is that your high school coach like would probably want you to do all three anyways, since you're already good at, at one. So you're good at kicking, but you can't like, they don't have a punter to come in. So uh, you might have to step into that role, but definitely we, like you mentioned, we see it at the NFL level as well with punters kicking off and um, holding as well. I think the sky's the limit when it comes to that. Yeah. And I think, I think obviously it trickles down, right? You're going to, the expectations will be higher in a few years in the FBS level, and that will force the expectation higher at the major high school levels. So 
In my opinion, I think track may be, in fact, the very best extracurricular sport, if you will, for specialists. And uh, I think it complements what we do, you and I, all the time in training. We talk all the time about a process. You know, there's a step pattern. Uh, there's a tempo to it. Uh, there's there's drive steps. There's lo uh, plant locations. There's activation of hips and points of contact. I think all of these things are relatable to both what you did very well, high jumping. Could you talk about the parallels maybe Maybe you haven't even drawn them before, but I imagine you have. I know we've talked about them a little bit because I, I pick your brain about the high jump and, and the training and the how, how do you compartmentalize a high jump? Is there a start drill? Is there a midpoint drill? Is there a finish drill? Is there a tempo drill? So could you give your opinion on track and how beneficial I think it is for specialists and maybe perhaps some other good off-field activities that specialists may be able to partake in that could complement their training on a football field? Yeah, I'd say track is, I mean, I think it really helped me out, um, especially high jump with, I think the main thing with high jump, it created explosiveness for me, driving off my, um, like I'll drive, drive off my right foot to jump over the bar. So, I mean, I'm a lefty, so. It makes sense, but <laughs> funny thing is, my like approach for high jump, I basically base it off my kickoff steps. Mm -hmm. I go to walk three and then jog and then like get a faster jog, I guess, until I jumped. But yeah, I'd say track really helped me out a lot, and not just high jump, like even maybe long jump. And then you mentioned like different tempo, like maybe like comes in with like running the four hundred or something like that. Just building different tempos and that helps a lot, but. Your second question, one thing that I've really been doing a lot more, especially when I was home during quarantine, was getting in the pool and like going through my punting, punt swing and my kick swing and just like mastering it to get like a resistance with the water. I think that was very important. And I think, I mean, that it can't hurt, like I mentioned with track, but I think something like that would be very beneficial to someone. I love what you just said, and I'll be honest, we've not done it in a long time, but it used to be a component in our training, especially in the summers when I'd have a kid for an extended period of time, like three or four days, you can't be on the field the entire time for obvious reasons. So what we would do is we'd complement that or supplement that training with pool work. And what I like about pool work is it's, uh, it's restrictive, obviously. You're not going to be able to swing your leg nearly as fast as you would in, out of the water. But what it also does is it allows you to move slower so you can um, mess up less. You know, you can stay in really good stationary uh, proper positions, even hold the position at certain points, you know, to really compartmentalize the swing. Like if you want to freeze it at the backswing, it's a lot easier to freeze it in, a, in the water than it would be per se if you and I were in the middle of a field. So what a wonderful way to do it. Pool work is excellent for, for so many reasons. Speaking of off season, I only work with you in the off season. And what that means is, you know, you and I actually got a, a, a training in last week. We trained on Wednesday of last week, a little less than a week ago, but I typically see you uh, spring breaks. I'll see you after a spring semester or in between summer sessions. Um, in these training sessions, we cover a variety of technical thoughts related to both kicking and punting. Your focus and dedication to your craft over the last few years, it's been impressive. We've talked about it already in the show. And I think the coaches at Clemson have definitely taken note 
Coach Dabo Sweeney gave you a great compliment leading into the season, and it made me feel good as a coach that gets to support you in the offseason that that you and I are, are, in fact, doing stuff that is helping your team and, and, and people that are making the decisions at the highest of levels are noticing. Um, so I'm proud of how far you're coming in all three. Uh, many audience members don't realize how rare it is for a person to be able to punt, kick off, kick field goals at the college level, especially a major FBS level. In my opinion, this is only done through a prioritization, you know, putting first things first, obviously intense preparation, you know, when, when you're out there, make sure every second counts and there's a plan. Um, and then obviously the attention to detail. I think that you pay close attention to yourself when you're, uh, you know, doing some self-critiquing via film. So can you describe to the audience right now what a typical week in the offseason at Clemson looks like for you uh, in the class? in the weight room, uh, training on your own? How does, a, how does a Monday through Friday per se look? Right. So um, as of right now, we don't have any workouts. Like we're right now, we're just doing class really until the 27th of January. And then we have man mandatory workouts starting then. So those will be like, I think they give you options. Like you can either go at 6.30, 8, or I think 1. So I'll, I'm probably going to go in the morning. So like a typical day like that would be, let's say I go to the 6.30 and in that weight room, like workout, it's like, it's a lot, it gets a lot more heavier. And obviously because you don't have practice or any games coming up. So you're really like getting after it in there. And that's like the period where like you're just working on building strength and building muscle. And one thing when I got here, I was 162. I got here early. And we have a big weigh-in and like right before fall camp starts and I weighed in at 180. So from that spring, spring semester, when I got here to through the uh, summer, just basically kind of the same as um, spring workouts. And then to uh, the beginning of fall camp, I put on 18 pounds. So yeah, so typically spring semester workout 630, get out at eight. And then right now I have classes from like, I think 11 to three and then basically your day's over. So you can just, uh, I mean, I'll probably take naps during the day, but after class is over, but a lot of this time, like right now, like me and uh, BT and all the guys are talking about like getting after it and getting going to kick again. So we'll start that back up in a few days before we got workouts, but I think we start practice. Oh no, not we have mat drills. Mat drills are rough, man. They are rough. 5.30 some days, and then you have 2 p.m. the next day, It's and it's like the worst like conditioning agility drills you probably will ever do in your life. So make sure you have a trash can nearby. But um, we'll go through those, which are about a week and a half, two weeks, probably about six of those. And then we start spring ball. I think – I could be wrong, but we either practice Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, or it's Tuesday, Thursday. I can't remember, but whichever days we don't practice, we got workouts in between. And then that'll go through for like a month. And then I think our spring game's April 3rd. And um, after that, the semester will be wrapping up and there'll be no more football until um, the summer picks up. Yeah. That's it's, it's cool. So, you know, these things it's and I think that by no mistake, you you had a general idea of what's coming for the next five or six months. And 
I, I hope part of this show is to try to have these young guys, because there's a lot of high school, uh, college kids that listen to the show. I want them to jump in, in your mind and whoever the guest is that day's mind to see if they can see things a little differently. Okay. Especially when, you know, this, I, I have a kid out in Asia. I've never met him, but nice guy. And he actually gives me suggestions for the show, but he loves hearing the different cultures within our football culture, like the ACC and the SEC and, and the PAC 12 are entirely different entities, you know, and, and he's learning these things. So it, you, it's cool to hear like what a, a schedule is in South Carolina and may, maybe how it's different than in Gainesville, Florida. So on the next subject, uh, you, you've played on the number one team in the nation uh, on more than one occasion, on more than one level. You played at IMG. Uh, everyone knows of IMG if they follow high school football. It's uh, essentially it is a collection of some of the very best talent in the nation year in and year out. And they're coached by some of the very best coaches. And they're, they're generally speaking, they, they live on campus and they, and they uh, go to school. And they're, it's, almost, it's, it's just a preparation for, I guess, an FBS program, if you will. Could you explain the expectations are high to a place like IMG? They're, they're extremely high to a place like Clemson, who year in and year out is playing to win it all. It's also very competitive, the culture in places like this, because the assembl- semblance of talent, um, everyone wants to, to be the guy and there's only X amount of spots. Um, I want you to tell me how your faith and your mindset set have helped you during your career so far. Yeah, I mean, going to a place like IMG, it's the best of the best. So you got a bunch of kids from around the country who are D1 level coming to one team. And, I mean, there's a limited amount of spots. So, I mean, some kid who would be the star, like their public high school might not even start. But um, you mentioned my faith. I've really picked up my faith a lot more since I've gotten here. And I think it's huge to lean on, especially um, once you get to college because – I know a lot of people talk about like mental health and a, a lot. And if you got nothing to lean on, like it's, it's going to be rough to get out of the holes you get in. Like it's challenging. Like college isn't college football isn't for everyone. And like, I've seen kids that have come here and even like friends that I have like at other colleges, like quit football because they just can't take it, take like mentally, they're just fried and, when you got to go through stuff like match drills, it's, it's no fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd say for kids, like even if you don't have faith, like you know, you're not like Catholic or Christian or anything, just find something that motivates you a lot through these difficult times. And for those kids who are a Christian or Catholic, just lean on God um, and he'll guide you wherever you go. And one verse that I kind of live by is, uh, Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's something that I really take to heart. And I have an app called Daily Bible Verse. I read that every day and I post it on my story on Instagram. I mean, I just read that and reflect on um, what it means to me. And um, I always, like, um, whenever I get in the car um, to go somewhere in the morning, I was just, I got like a little note on my dash. It says, make sure you pray. So Every time I get in the car, I pray just on the day and anyone who needs um, my prayers. Wow. That's an excellent answer. And I like how you worded it, um, that we're all different. We all are 
leading much different lives and we come from different backgrounds and places and uh, settings. I think it's valuable to note what you said is to lean on something. I think that sometimes us as humans, especially uh, in, in the world of football that you and I are both involved with, we deal with men uh, who oftentimes feel that they can take it all on. You know, I can do this on my own. I'm, I'm strong. I'm, I'm grown, as some people say. I love what you said, though. I think that it's very important for all of us to realize I don't care who you are. All 8 billion of us must uh, find family, draw strength from others. We cannot do it on our own. And I think that's the big problem these days is there's perceptions of people that are, are ballers or you know, this guy's got 8 million Instagram followers and look, he does it on, he's self-made, he's doing it all on his own. That's not true. Uh, by it, it may be perceived as such, but the people that are, are successful, in my opinion, are the people that find a great network uh, they can lean on, like you said. So that's a great answer. I really appreciate that. Uh, on to a lighter subject. I know that got a little deep, but it, it means so much to me that you're able to share with us because I think that's a big component of your success. Uh, so like I said, on to a lighter note, uh, you do have a new podcast that came out a few months ago. I wanted to talk about that for a little bit. The, the show is called The Specialist Experience. Would you mind giving our audience a little more information about the show, how it got started, and maybe your purpose in starting it? Right. So I think we're on, uh, we have a YouTube channel and then we're on SoundCloud as well, I'm trying to get on Spotify. But basically, my uh, one of my best friends that I met at IMG, Josh McCoy and I, are the host for the show and uh, we met my or spring of our junior year he was the same class as me but he's in he just goes to school at Tulane now um, he doesn't play football anymore but it was really like it's it was crazy because I've been thinking about doing something like that um, especially with Josh because I don't know Josh and I just gel together like we're best pals so um, it was a no-brainer but all of a sudden he texts me out of the blue and he's like, Hey, let's start a podcast. And I'm like, dude, like I was thinking the same thing. So we picked it up. Like you mentioned a few, like we've been going for a few months. We've been kind of, we haven't posted anything like within a month or two because um, exams and then the season, but we're going to start picking it back up again. But um, yeah, our goal is to just interview college athletes. It doesn't have to be football. It can be women's basketball, like, men's track, um, any sport, and just pick their mind about what motivation they have, their story, and like any advice they have for anyone who's pursuing a career in college um, in any sport, or even life skills that anyone can pick up. That's something that I think you should pursue. And yeah, I commend you. I noticed it's five or six shows in, but you saw where it slowed down because you're in season and I'm, I'm sure he's got stuff to do too, but yeah, it's not, it's not easy. I think people think that, Oh, podcast, it's simple. I'll just hit record and then hit stop and then upload it. But no, I, I like that you're taking your time with it. I think you have a wonderful, wonderful idea. I like that. You're not just going to make it about kicking, punting and snapping. You're going to make it about college athletes. I think you open your net up and, what a wonderful platform because it just, it perpetually grows. You know, once you get someone on board and it's a great interview and he shares it with his family, it then goes to 18 people and you know how that works. So I, I wish you nothing but the best of luck on the podcast. I'll be following it for sure. I also I always take some time before we close out, Aiden. I wanted you to 
uh, share with the audience, perhaps, I don't know if it's one or two ways, but maybe the best way they can get a hold of you. Cause usually what happens is people will ask me uh, in an email or a text or something. And uh, if you could just share with the audience a, a preferable way that they could follow you if they want to move them forward. Yeah. So my Instagram handle is a dot Swanson 39, or you can just type in Aiden Swanson. I'm sure uh, you could find me through that, but then on Twitter, I'm a underscore Swanson 39. So basically the same as Instagram, except for the period, it's a underscore. And then I'm sure, like I mentioned, if you just type in Aiden Swanson, you can find it. But um, yeah, if anyone has any questions, um, wants to reach out, I'm more than welcome to. And something I haven't done recently is like the story, like ask me a question thing. You know, I'm sure I, I usually do this more in the off season. So if I post one, if y'all want to, pick my mind about anything i'm more than welcome to answer for you yeah i forgot you you did used to do that a little bit i know you've been busy but i think people appreciate the stories and stuff because it's a little bit more of an informal glimpse at like maybe what you're doing that second so yeah i look forward to to your podcast and just i don't know i look forward to training you and you're just such a pleasure to to coach and i again i thank you so much for being a guest on my show like I mentioned too, I know you're busy, so I want to. I'm going to get you out of here. We're gonna, we're gonna let you get back to class and whatnot. But again, it does mean a lot to all of us at Fourth Down Focus that you were able to share a little bit about your story and, and your path and where you're heading. If you have questions related to Fourth Down Focus, uh, suggestions for future topics, uh, maybe a guest, or if you uh, just have some general comments and feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, several ways. Um, my website is fourthdownu.com. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U.com. It has endless resources for specialists and coaches of specialists. Uh, on social media, you can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter. That's at fourthdownu, at 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me at Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at 4th Down Focus. We will see you next week with an exciting new guest. Remember, in all things, give thanks. Happy New Year and make today great. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.